Test one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Think Movie. I am your host, Francisco, and I'm joined with Brian Prado. Yes. And um, today we are doing Ex Machina. Ex Machina is our film. And unfortunately, we already reco- we already recorded this podcast. Um, yeah. So we had some <laughs> audio troubles. Uh you know, oh, we're still learning. Two uh, hours and 25 minutes worth. Of yes. So we, re- we were supposed to record. I mean, we we're supposed to release um, the Ex Machina episode in two parts because it was so long. Mm-hmm. We talked about it in like detail. We went into the themes of the, of the movie. We went over like every single scene. Um, and it was a meaty two hours and 20 minute episode. So we were going to release one uh one half of it um one week and then the next week the other half of it but uh look hearing our our audio um it was very messed up um the discussion was great but you know we couldn't post it for y'all you know we would we we didn't want you to hear our audio cutting in and out and other audio stuff interfering with the with the show so we are gonna redo the podcast um it's not going to be the same since we already know um what we want to discuss so it's more going to be a chilled out episode we're just going to go over um our favorite scenes what we liked about the movie what we didn't like of the movie if if we have something that we don't like so it's going to be more chilled out but um yeah so (laughs) what what honestly uh because you told me but what were your first reactions like when you heard the audio and the audio was messed up but i didn't even hear the audio yet so i opened it up like on like when i listened to like the audio first on and um i just looked to see if like anything like got cut out or something that's what i do with every single podcast Mm -hmm. and i just saw like a bunch of flat lines and i'm like bruh no it was like in and out too it was so random yeah and it was like pretty like unbearable. If you're like listening through, it would not make sense at all. We're just cutting in and out. And yeah. plus, I was recording my desktop audio. Yeah. And I thought I was only recording Discord. Yeah. Turns out I was recording because um, I was also playing along um, with every scene we were talking about in the movie. So I was just like getting like a uh, first look at it, so, you know, when we we're talking about it. And yeah, um, a lot of the scenes and the audio, the audio from the scenes are in the podcast. Just chilling yeah. there, the score is blaring. <laughs> so like, shit really fucked up. Straight up copyright. Straight up copyright. We, yeah. we, I don't even know if like if the audio cuts weren't as bad. How would we like upload that? It, that would be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but look, we're learning. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we're only gonna get better. Um, hopefully, because we're using an, another uh, another way to record this. So, um, shout out to Craig. Shout out, Craig, man. Shout out, Craig. Hopefully, it works out with Craig, and we get to invite him on all the podcasts that we yeah. have. Craig's our third special guest. Yes, he's our silent guest. Yeah, he's not going to be um, talking. He's not going to be talking, but he's running the controls back there. Mm-hmm. You know. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess we can get started um, with... Ex Machina. So uh, it was released in 2015. Uh, it's written and directed by Alex Garland. It stars Donald Gleason, 
Oscar Isaac and Alicia Vikander. Mm -hmm. um, it won Best Visual Effects at the 80th Academy Awards. So uh, it's acclaimed. It's an acclaimed film. Um, so we asked this question at the top of the other episode. Um, are we an optimist or pessimist when it comes to AI? Um, I leaned more optimist and you lean more pessimist. Right. I want to hear more of your reason of why you're an optimist. Though. Okay. Yeah. Cause I got really convoluted last episode and I was going to explain it at the end, but I didn't. So, um, I thought over my answer because I knew we were going to re-record this. Okay. And after we discussed everything, um, I think I'm still a, I'm still an optimist mm -hmm. about this when it comes to artificial intelligence, you know, whatever that regards, you know, whatever that entails, whether that's Ava, which most likely we discuss won't ha won't ever happen. Right. Um, but any kind of AI, I think um, on the optimist side, of course, there's lots of things that artificial intelligence can do negatively to your life, you know, you know, surveillance, um, knowing what you like, what you dislike automatically without you telling it, um, invasion of privacy. But I think what AI does give you is, is, uh, is speed, I guess, in a way it gives you, it can get you something at a super fast paced and it kind of makes things easier for us. So yeah. if an Ava were to exist, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if she worked at a huge company, <laughs> right? Oh, no, she yeah. could get you something super quickly. She could. Right? But also, there, would, there wouldn't need to be, like, a lot of workers working at that company. It would just be Ava because she would handle every single every single aspect of that company. Yeah, so here's again, how I feel about that. Okay, I'm definitely an optimist when it comes to innovation yeah. and just like bettering people's lives. Totally mm -hmm. an optimist on that. Yeah. Um, what I'm more of a pessimist of is the idea of an Ava becoming like to life. Yes. Which I still think is super cool and like everyone's going to think it's super cool. Mm -hmm. But we see what Ava can do. Uh... I just don't think it's a yeah. good idea. You know, there needs to be an off and on switch. We can, which we talk about more into the podcast, but um, yeah. Yeah. And also you're speaking of the on and off switch. I guess I can ask you this. Do you think it would be fair? I mean, I don't even think fair is the word. Do you even think it would be right if a being like Ava were created to have an on and off switch for her? Yes. And I, and I understand what you're saying, but it yeah. absolutely needs to happen. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. I just wanted to get your take because I don't know if I would be able to switch her off. Even if she, because look, if I created her, mm -hmm. then that's my shit that I have to deal with. That's just me with my moral, moral thing, my moral compass. But I don't know if I could, that's killing Ava. That is killing. Switching her that off. That is killing Ava. You're right. Right, which in a sense she could, she's a sentient being, with feelings and and dreams and uh, wishes that she would want to do. It's it's a very hard top. It's a very hard topic to talk about when you're dealing with an on and off switch on on a something that's living. I mean, I Here's guess Ava wouldn't be living. I think but. it is more unethical 
to not put an on and off switch mm-hmm. on AI like that. Ah. Maybe you don't have to turn it off, let's say. Okay. But I think not even giving the option is pretty unethical. Okay. Uh, when it comes to like um, programmers programming stuff, um, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. all that stuff, um, I think it's pretty unethical. Okay. Um, and I guess that would make sense too, because for safety issues and for and for other for other stuff, is that what you're talking about mostly for safety issues? Mainly for safety issues. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Look, this is the kind of stuff we're gonna get into um, with this movie. Um, again, we I love this movie a lot. Um, the praises that it has, it's totally deserved because this is probably one of the best films of the past decade. I would say me. top 10. Yeah, it's top yeah. 10 for me. I think so. Look, and honestly, if someone were to put this like top five, best of their decade, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, that's too far up there. Yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be up. I mean, honestly, like if you have this opinion where even if you think Ex Machina is the best of the decade, I'm not necessarily going to judge you for that because it deserves to be in that conversation wherever you have it the best mm-hmm. of the decade um so yeah that's just me though but um honestly before we get uh started into analyzing the film i want to shout out nate uh our friend nate nate perez um he recommended us to uh review and analyze ex machina after listening to the blade runner episode so again if you want to recommend us some movies um feel free to reach out to us um through either through me or through Brian mm-hmm. or through the Think Movie Show Twitter or Instagram. Email. More than, yeah, email. We're more than likely to take your recommendations. Uh, we want to, we want you guys to interact with us. You know, we don't want to just be, you know, hopefully talking to a wall, but you know, it's fun when we, when we can interact with, with our fans and with friends and family that we have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's at the top. So now, shout out, Nate. Shout out to Nate. Um, and um yeah so let's get started um this opening scene we discussed it kind of in detail last episode but um i kind of wanted to talk about um a little bit of the setup that we get before we meet nate um again when you're watching this movie at the beginning you don't know who nate is Um, you just know that caleb our main character has just won a prize Mm -hmm. and he is a his prize is to meet up with the founder of Blue Book, which is basically the Google in this universe. And um, he'll get to meet up with him and hang out with him in his private estate. And yeah, some crazy things ensue. But before we get to this, at the beginning, I mentioned that um, the different camera angles that they use, uh, one was through the, the laptop and one was through his phone where you got to see him. Um, it was kind of like almost scanning his face still a little bit. So um, to me, that just symbolized like what was to come for Caleb and what was to come for the whole movie in general. Um, how, and I think you mentioned in the last episode how it kind of symbolized what we're going, th- what we're going through now, um, kind of with like Black Mirror. Yeah, uh, Big Brother. Big Brother, Stuff everything like going that. on. Yeah, I, I, I want this, this like setup. This first initial scene sets up, sets the tone for the movie like so well. Mm-hmm. It's like no dialogue, no nothing, just like a few simple camera angles. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, also, the score is great. We didn't get to mention the score that much yeah, in the last episode, so we can do this to, like today. The score is fucking amazing. The score is amazing. Um, there's a couple of uh, of parts in the movie where the score is just bombastic, and it's all you can hear. And I love those. I love those scenes because the score for this um, isn't isn't made just to sound good, but it's made for purpose. You know, that's all, all scores are, are like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, especially for this movie, whenever it comes to Ava's theme, whenever it comes to uh, suspenseful scenes, the the score has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, it kind of rides the narrative a lot, or it kind of moves the narrative along. And so. A big shout out to uh, let me look up who did the score, real quick. Score, thanks, Makina, because we we got to shout out the person who did this. Score. By Geoff Barrow and Ben Salisbury. Oh, okay. Apologies if we mispronounce the name, but shout out to you guys. Um. So yeah. So we get. Caleb is heading to Nathan's uh, place. They're flying over beautiful landscapes. Caleb asks the pilot, how long before we get to Nathan's estate? And the pilot jokes with them saying, or not jokes with them, but smirks at him and says, we've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. So we realize that Nathan is really hot shit. You know, we mentioned that he was Bill Gates-esque. He's basically a lot of money. Yeah, basically Bill Gates. Owns Google and he's younger Younger, yeah, younger Bill Gates, for sure. Um, He gets to the house. The house is very high tech, um, very fancy, but it's also very hidden and secluded. Um, Maybe more of a a science to come that this house or this research facility that he talks about is hidden for a reason because he has uh, artificial intelligence brewing up in this house. So... um, so yeah, um, anything you wanted to, to talk about um, in this scene before we meet uh, Nathan? Um, uh, not really. Just I don't know. It's kind of scary. Uh, yeah. Not, when I was watching it like the first time, nothing really like struck me about like how secluded he was, and I was just oh, just rich guy. He has a big ass house, big ass estate. He lives near like a giant waterfall. But mm-hmm. now like you watch it like a second or third time, it gets even more creepy. Yeah. Just the way how his house is just hidden. Yeah. Doesn't want you to see it. It's like stuff can go wrong. Maybe people have died there. Yes. It's just, uh, yeah, second time, third time watching it, it's, it's way more creepy than the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, And the score, again, helps out with that a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so uh, Caleb meets Nathan. Nathan is uh, outside of his house uh, punching or using the boxing bag. And uh, he walks in and... He talks about him being hungover. That's why he's exercising. Uh, and uh, Caleb uh, mentions like, oh, was there a party? Is that why you're drunk? And realizing Caleb realizing that there was no party. Uh, it's kind of a very awkward scene, a very awkward situation. Uh, and Nathan realizes this. He realizes, oh, my God, this guy is really fucking awkward. Uh, or maybe he's awkward. Nathan's awkward. It's just a They're very awkward, awkward honestly. Yeah, very awkward exchange. And yeah. Nathan realizes this and he tells this to Caleb. Uh, you were freaked out by the helicopter and by the mountains and my house because it's all so super cool. And you're freaked out by meeting me. 
having this conversation with me in this room at this moment, correct? And so he's, he's basically telling Caleb that he, I, I get it. I know I'm hot shit, um, but let's just get past that I'm hot shit. You know, very asshole-esque. But uh, like you said in the last episode or in the last uh, audio recording, when whenever you are 13 years old and are coding probably at the top of your game, and you create and you, basically and you create Google. Google, you're gonna be an asshole, and you're gonna be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very self indulgent. He is, yeah, yeah, because you know he realizes that he's hot shit. He knows he's hot shit, but at this moment right now, he just wants him and Caleb to interact like just bros, you know, bros at the house. And so, uh, yeah, so they they get past the awkwardness, and uh, Nathan shows Caleb around. So they're showing him around, and uh, he talks about Caleb's key card that he got at the uh, when he arrived at Nathan's estate. The key card. It's a very important plot point in the movie. It tells him where he can and cannot go. If it lights up blue, he can head into the room. If it lights up red, it's not for him. So uh, he Nathan walks him into his room. Caleb's very hesitant about the room. Again, because there's no windows at all. It's very um, boxed in, I guess, in a way you can call it, you can say. Um, and Nathan realizes this again. And... Uh, he tells him the reason why there are no windows here is because this isn't necessarily a house. This is a research facility. And Nathan tells Caleb, I want to tell you more, but I can't unless you sign this NDA. Now I asked you in the last recording, what would you do in Caleb's situation? Right? I would sign that shit, boy. Easy, right? I would sign it mainly because <laughs> if I'm gonna be at a house at a billionaire's house, that like person I don't know, he's probably a weirdo, mainly because yeah. he's a geek and he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Just show me the cool shit. I know you got some <laughs> cool shit in the house. I don't want to just hang out with you, drink a couple beers, whatever. Just show me the cool shit right away. Yeah, I'm actually trying to imagine the movie if Caleb doesn't sign this NDA. Well, the movie doesn't happen. No, and he just they just sit on the couch together. Yeah, yeah watch the, the game. Yeah, it's crazy. The movie doesn't happen, but I'm assuming Nate would make this happen regardless because... Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Because he took all this trouble into selecting Caleb, into bringing him to his house, and making sure that he was going to sign this NDA. Right? Because, yeah. again, if he doesn't sign it and they just hang out like bros, it's a complete waste of time for Nate. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. Complete waste of time. Maybe he's like accidentally shows him, oh, I'm sorry, I'm working on this, blah, blah, blah. But just to intrigue him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, Nathan persuades him to sign the NDA because he's saying, you don't have to sign it. We can just hang out like bros. But in a couple of months from now, uh, you'll realize what you missed out on. And it'll be the biggest mistake of your life. And you'll, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And without hesitation, Caleb signs the NDA. And as soon as he signs the NDA, Nathan picks it up. He folds it a little bit and then turns to Caleb and asks him, do you know what the Turing test is? And Caleb's expression goes from kind of curious to excited automatically. And uh, Caleb responds with, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a human or it's when a human interacts with the computer 
And if the human doesn't know they're interacting with the computer, the test is passed. And then Caleb asked, are you building an AI? And Nathan responds with, I've already built one. And over the next few days, you're going to be the human component in a Turing test. <sighs> Huge news for Caleb, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially Big for a coder. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I, I know you uh, you took computer science in college, right? Yeah, I took a and, uh, couple classes for computer science in college. Um, yeah, and and so and we actually watched this movie in class. Yeah, yeah, and kind of the one of the big reasons why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, because of this movie and because of your classes. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're back in freshman year. You're doing your computer uh, science classes, right? I'm hating my life at this point. Just like right. <laughs> let's just say it gets a little bit better, right? Your professor pulls you aside, and he says, "I have an AI. I want you to be the human <laughs> component in a Turing test." At, before or after I watch this video? I mean, this movie. Before. Okay. Um. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. Right. <laughs> Do you know about the Turing test at this point? Yeah, we have studied it. Okay. Movie, yeah, we studied a good amount. What was your reaction to hearing the, about the Turing test for the first time? Like, oh, shit, that's cool. Or was it? I mean, it's wild. Basically, like, that's how, what's the name? Alan Turing? Yeah. Basically, how the computer's created. Like, all of our systems. Yeah. So he basically created the computer. It blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah. And this um, test where, like, you are testing to see if something is artificial intelligence or not. It's really, really wild. And I think for this movie, they kind of modernize it a bit. We'll talk about it more when we get to that scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically, it's this whole movie is basically a whole Turing test too. And, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, no, yeah, I was, just, I was just asking you, like, uh, first, if you were to accept it, if you were back in your freshman year days right. and to do the my, Turing test my reaction to the Turing test. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a pretty good con uh, concept. Yeah, it is. And we'll learn more about it again, like we said, throughout this uh, podcast. So Caleb freaks out um, about this in a good way. Um, and Nathan, Nathan responds with, if that test is passed, you are at the dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. And Caleb kind of indulges him and he says, if you've created a conscious machine, it's not the history of man. That's the history of gods. And wow. uh, because of this quote, Nathan is going to misuse this and say that Caleb has called him a god. I mean, basically in this quote, you can, you can say that he's called him a god, you know, but not necessarily. But honestly, this quote is just... If I can pick one quote from this whole movie, I think I would pick this one to to symbolize this entire movie. Pretty much, if you yeah. Created a conscious machine. It's not the history of man. That's the history of gods. If Ava were to be created, this is this would be the history of gods. You've created something that is living. You know. Yeah. Imagine what that does to someone's ego, bro. I know. I'm a god now. <laughs> Especially now to Nathan, because as well, it's like we know him right now. He's super rich creator of blue book kind of a dick started, kind of a dick started at 13 he knows he's hot shit and now someone's calling him a god so his ego's up up to the roof right now and there's no stopping it and so after this we get the first session with ava 
Ava session one. Um, we first see uh, a bunch of note cards on the walls, probably like hundreds of them on the wall. Um, this is Nathan's room, uh, Nathan's office. Um, he's putting no, more note cards on the wall, and then he goes back to his computer. And what do we see on the computer? We see uh, camera footage of Caleb inside this glass kind of room or glass box in a room. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is going to be the first time Caleb is going to see Ava, uh, the artificial intelligence that uh, Nathan built. And so uh, before we get into that, though, I kind of want to talk about what, if you're, if you're Caleb right now, what's going on in your head when, once like you're preparing to meet Ava for the first time, and then you see um, towards the, the right of the glass, it kind of being shattered a little bit. Mm. Are you freaked out a little bit more? I think he's more excited than freaked out at this point. Okay. Opinion. Okay. So glass, yeah, he last breaking or not, I think he's still super fucking excited. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Cause um he's he seems kind of freaked out um by the, the shattered glass a little bit. Yeah. But all of his all of his worries, all of his thoughts, everything goes out the window as soon as he sees Ava for the first time. And we see her in silhouette. Um, all you can really see is the machinery going on in her body, like in her stomach and her legs. Um, again, the score is very important in the scene. Um, I talked about how it sounded a little bit childlike. It sounds um, also the kind of the the sound effects of Ava, the way she moves, the little machine sound that that you hear. Mm -hmm. um, I mentioned in the other one that um, I wa I have the Blu-ray for Ex Machina, and um, the special features has a Q and A at South by Southwest. And uh, one of the the commentators on it, they talked about uh, Ava's sound in this scene and how it was kind of like purring noises a little bit. And they wanted it to resemble like a cat or like a pet, hmm. you know? So I thought that was really cool. And you can kind of tell if you rewatch that scene, the purring, it kind of sounds like purring, the, her machinery going on inside of her body. Yeah, it, it sounds like purring a little bit. And, you know, with the childlike score, it's meant to symbolize innocence, you know? This is uh, this is basically a child that Nathan has created, his child. And Caleb is meeting Ava for the first time. And so um, I have uh, three points here on my notes about Caleb's point of view, Ava's point of view, and Nathan's point of view. And uh, Caleb's point of view, he's trying to get to know Ava. What she knows with simple questions, hopefully he'll get some good responses. Um, Ava's point of view, um, how does she act, you know? Does she act like a human? Does she act human-like? Is she more robotic? Does she seem human in the first initial session? Um, and then Nathan's POV, what's going on in Nathan's head? What notes is he taking? I kind of wanted to get your, your take on each of their POVs and what the, what's going on inside their heads. Um, okay, I'll save Ava for last. Okay. Um, I start with Caleb. Caleb, pretty excited. Uh, mm -hmm. Want to be just in a Turing test with a almost human. It is a human-like um, robotic machine, basically like seventy-five percent human to him. Yes. Uh, I think he's still super excited. He's asking all these questions, simple questions. 
Mm -hmm. I think he's more trying just to like see if she's more robotic or not, like you said. Yeah. I think he's super curious. He's super, um, he just loves that he's doing this right now. Yes. Um, Ava. Ava does seem childlike. The way she walks is so. I remember we talked about it last time. The way she, the way she walked out of career, from behind. Um, yes. What are you saying? Like she walked like a. Oh, so like an um, animal, right? In a cage. Yeah, an animal in a cage. It was. It was. She was kind of, you know, not to mention the purring of her, uh, of the machine that she uh, of her machine that's going on. She kind of moves like a, like a tiger would in a, in a zoo, or um, if a shark were to swim across in in the aquarium. The way it's kind of slow but assertive a little bit. Mm-hmm. She kind of, that's what it kind of seemed to me when Ava first appeared on, um, on screen. Um, right. Yeah. And I think for Ava, I think she's really curious <clears throat> about Caleb too. Yeah. You know, it's the first human she's met besides Nathan. Um, yeah. I think she's super curious. The way just she's just looking at Caleb, answering the questions, and then for mm-hmm. Nathan. You talked about like he was taking notes. I remember you asking me like, "Oh, what do you think he's taking notes on?" At first, yeah. I said, "Oh yeah, probably just about like uh, future programming, like for the system he's working on, and like writing little notes about like, oh maybe she did something wrong or whatever. I'm, I'll fix this later." Uh-huh. We, I think you kind of swayed me. Yeah, he's t- he's taking notes about Caleb. Yes, about this test. Uh-huh. This is about. Is it about? him or is it about ava you know who knows right now yeah. but yeah i think he's taking notes about caleb yeah because um we agreed in the last one that it was maybe a little bit of both but i think it's more on caleb right because um you know i mean we are we're gonna we're spoiling the movie you know the ending you've seen it um at the very end he tells him that he's the center of this whole test he's the one being tested not ava because ava, ava has a mission and Caleb is the one reacting to Ava's uh, basically challenges or questions. Um, so I think Nathan is the one taking notes on Caleb instead of Ava. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, so this is a good first little session. We were introduced to our three main characters. Um, we know what's going on with Nathan, what he's doing with these sessions. We know what's going on with Caleb. He's asking questions to Ava, and we know Ava is uh, the test subject, you know, quote-unquote. So that's a good little introduction of all three of them. Then uh, after this, we get Caleb and Nathan talking about Ava. Uh, Caleb is geeking out over Ava, how he's so impressed. Um, He doesn't know how Nathan did it. This is so so extraordinary. And then he proceeds to tell him – oh, and then Nathan – He's kind of eating all this up. And then he tells him um, how quotable he is and how uh, he called him a god. And Caleb didn't technically say that. And then Nathan interrupts him and says to Caleb that it will be super great when he gets interviewed, when this is all said and done. And people and he tells people that Caleb called him a god. <laughs> like still playing this uh, superiority complex that he's just the best. And he is a god because he created Ava and and everything um and then i asked i asked you if he's trying to get under caleb's skin yeah and he most definitely is right like even from the beginning like he's he was a dick 
now yeah. he's just trying more you can see in Caleb's face he's like no I didn't say that wait no that's not <laughs> what I meant like yeah it's so funny dude like it, he knows exactly where to just annoy Caleb and it's, mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch it's fun to watch too because Caleb wants to correct him but he's kind of too <laughs> yeah. polite and he's too scared so he's like oh did, didn't say that but uh whatever he's like I, I didn't mention that and then Nathan like automatically interrupts him you called me a god like this is so great and and you can kind of see like Caleb wanting to respond but he, you know if Bill Gates was in this like I wouldn't I probably wouldn't correct Bill Gates you know like if I would have been like oh, actually I didn't say that Mr. Gates I didn't call you a god yeah <laughs> it's like well you know he's very rich and we're in a secluded area so I don't know what he'll do if he gets mad at me I'll call him a god fuck it yeah, and I'll just I'll just say the same quote, but I just won't disagree when he says, "Oh, you called me a god." I'm like, well, I mean, speak whatever you want, Mr. Gates. <laughs> but um, yeah. Then Caleb tries telling Nathan that Ava should be hidden from him because that's how the Turing test works, and Nathan tells him we're way past the regular Turing test because <laughs> Ava would pass that easily. Um, if she were hidden from Caleb, all of her responses would be human-like. So that would pass that automatically. What he is going for is for Caleb to see that she's a robot and still feel that she has consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so Caleb tells Nathan, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And then there's a close-up shot of Nathan kind of smirking at this, you know, basically saying, of course I'm right. You know, why would you think anything otherwise? Um, and then um, Caleb tries to get Nathan to answer how he built Ava. And so he's asking him a whole bunch of questions with these high-level uh uh, words like you know I'm it's pretty hard for me to get what he's trying to go at and then Nathan kind of stops him he's like you know what I don't want to have this seminar with you I just want to you know be two buddies you know and uh all he wants to know is how do you feel about Ava and then nothing analytical just how do you feel about Ava and then Caleb responds with I feel like she's fucking amazing and Nathan celebrates with the drink because he loves this answer and so uh, this is the be the beginning of Nathan's plan, his overall plan working. You know, Caleb is thinks Ava's great. She's amazing. She's fucking awesome. I think uh, Nathan's pretty uh, confident in his plan. Do you think so? Oh yeah, super yeah. confident. Maybe a little overly confident. Yeah. Um, kind of bites him in the ass. Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, but yeah, it does bite him in the ass. Yeah, yeah, how confident he is. If he was just humble, maybe this would all work according to plan. But maybe. right, well, who knows? No, I have a question at the end of the pod, at the end of the, the podcast. I I didn't yeah. ask yesterday that I think will be a good discussion, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, was it something that's uh, it's related that goes... to this this topic okay. right here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you want to ask it right now, or did you want to ask it at the very end? I guess you could ask me right now. Uh, my question was like, okay, with any type of creation like this, yes, like creating Ava, mm-hmm. do you think that one hundred percent of the time that that creation will most likely want to kill their master, their creator? <sighs> like you said, like you know, if he, if he was humble about this, would he have gotten killed? I feel, I still feel like, yeah. He would? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I to me, to me, the reason why he gets killed is because he is so arrogant, mm-hmm. Nathan, and he is so self-indulgent. And he 
all the moral codes that we abide by as humans goes out the window with him and Ava and him and the robots, which to me, I feel like as soon as Ava comprehends everything there is to know about humans and comprehends everything that there is to know about rules exactly. and reacts and reacts to me telling them that I'm going to shut you off, basically killing you. And they react with, I don't want that automatically. They deserve every single human right because basically they are humans now and they do deserve life because you gave them life. And so I feel like if Nathan would have handled this a little bit better, not by just keeping them in a box, keeping them in the room forever. But still, I mean, when you who knows though? Type of, who, when you're creating yeah. that type of, you know, at the end of the day, human, yeah. I think you got to try to be uh, on a little more safe side. True. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on. Exactly. You, know? you don't know because for starters, you can give them life no matter how humble and how good you treat them. But they can obviously think, well, he does have the power to turn me off. Right? Right. He does have the power to reverse this. So if I just take him out right now, I that probability goes to zero because he can't shut me off. You know? Exactly. Because they wouldn't think like humans would. Exactly. And they I wouldn't have like it. Just from their experience with Nathan, let's say, that's the mm -hmm. only one person they have any like experience with humans like you know and yeah that human's probably going to be a dick if they're mm -hmm. you know killing other robots like keep testing you yeah turning off and on like i think it's just bound to happen yes their creation is going to kill their creator mm -hmm. damn you know what i think honestly i think you're swaying me more i think i think you're right the creator will get killed by the creation. You know? Damn. Yeah. You know what? I think you are right. No matter how humble you are, how good you are, I think I think it will happen. So um, we just got to be careful, scientist, Silicon Valley. Just be careful out there. All right? Jeez. Don't create Ava. <laughs> when there's billions of dollars online, no one's yeah. going to be careful. Yeah, true. True um so yeah going back to the where we where we are we uh caleb oh yeah caleb heads back to his room he gets ready for bed he tosses and turns he basically he can't sleep so uh he turns on the tv in his room and he sees ava through security footage and he's surprised caleb is surprised he's like why is why am i seeing ava so he starts changing the channels and there are just multiple angles of her room and so he stays watching a certain angle of ava and uh, we see her get up and touch the wall. And as soon as she touches the wall, everything shuts down. Everything shuts down. It turns back up. It's filled with red lighting. And we hear overhead um, a voice. We hear power cut, backup power activated. So what's going on here? And do you think that Ava is a culprit of this? This is what I think Caleb is asking himself. Because he saw Ava touch the wall. Right. Right. Seemingly causing this power cut. So this is what's going on in Caleb's head in my mind. What's going on here? And uh, Ava seems to be the culprit for all of this. So Caleb freaks out, uh, you know, rightfully so, because I would be freaking, freaking out really bad um, if I were locked in this, this dome, you know, mm -hmm. this, this fucking box that he, this room that he's in. Um, and then, uh, but it doesn't last long. 
the power comes back on and uh, Caleb leaves his room to investigate. Um, he heads into a room and tries to use the phone because he sees a phone there. And uh, out of nowhere, we hear, you're not allowed to use the phones. This is Nathan. He's laying down on the couch. Most, I think it seems that he's drunk. You know, he's drinking a beer. He seems kind of half asleep. His words are kind of slurred a little bit. And then he says, who are you going to call? And then Caleb doesn't know how to respond. And then he says, Ghostbusters. Um, it's a joke. You don't get the joke. You've never seen the movie. Um, it wasn't funny to Caleb. And I don't think I would laugh in this situation either. <laughs> because uh, there was a power cut and he was locked into his room. So uh, this is what exactly what Caleb kills. Caleb or Caleb tells Nathan, um, there was a power cut in my room. I just uh, came to investigate. And Nathan tells him that, uh, oh, yeah, there's been power cuts going on recently, and that he's working on them. Now, uh, Caleb is up with the decision. I think he knows that Ava's the cause of this. Um, why doesn't he tell Nathan what he saw? Do you think he trusts him? Honestly, at right now, I think he's more scared. Okay. Trust him. Maybe I don't know because because the night before, the day before, he sees how much of a drunk he is. He literally got drunk by himself. Yeah. Um. Even tonight, first day, drunk again, super drunk, just wasted on the couch. Yeah. Maybe mm. he doesn't trust him. Right. And I don't think I would either. To be honest, if I'm Caleb in the situation. I don't know if I would tell him that Ava or that I saw Ava touch the wall and this is what happened. Right? Yeah. Now, is Caleb gonna believe what Nathan is saying that all oh, the power cuts have been going on? Um, I'll getting to the bottom of this. Do you think that Caleb knows that what's going on with these power cuts or no? No, I still don't think. I think right now he's just confused, kind of scared. He wanted who is he gonna call, you know? Yeah, true. His parents like, fuck, I'm scared. Let me call someone. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think he knows yet. Okay. And so um, after this, the next scene is Caleb meets Kyoko. Kyoko is the other artificial intelligence robot that Nathan has created. Uh, Kyoko goes into Caleb's room to wake him up, but she's kind of avoiding eye contact, and she doesn't speak to Caleb at all. You know, her eyes are kind of glued to the floor, and um, so now we know that there are two robots. Um, I wanted to know what your first impression was of Kyoko when you first saw her. Uh, my first impression, is that a robot? <laughs> is that a robot? Or, or a person, well, basically. Again, again, we we honestly, at this point in the movie, for watching this for the first time, like we don't know if she's yeah. a robot. No, I don't know. I'm just like, who is this other person in the house? Yeah. Why is she bringing me food? Why haven't... Why hasn't Nathan introduced me to her yet? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm trying to think about the first time I watched this movie. I don't remember. I don't even know if I think that she's a robot. Right. Exactly. First time I'm like, okay, another human just gave me food or is that a robot? You don't know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it is strange though that she doesn't make eye contact whatsoever. She just walks in, leaves, I think a tray of coffee or something and mm-hmm. walks straight out. And then um, Caleb gets out and he finds Nathan and uh, Caleb asks him about Kyoko, and then Nathan kind of makes a joke. She's some alarm clock, huh? Gets you right up in the morning. And uh, 
Caleb doesn't laugh <laughs> or nervously laughs a little bit. Um, and then so Nathan kind of asks Caleb what the game plan is for session two with Ava. Caleb responds with uh, maybe trying something new. Um, and then he compares his plan with uh, testing a chess machine um, with chess. Um, how does the test the test machine know that uh, it knows how to play chess? How does it know what chess is? And so uh, Nathan kind of hears Caleb talking about this. He's like, you know what? Like, scratch that. I just want simple answers and simple responses. Um, he wants, at the beginning, he wanted to know how Caleb felt about Ava. Now, and kind of in this session, he wants to know how Ava feels about Caleb. And so this kind of uh, prepares us for session two, which is uh, uh, a little bit different than uh, session one, um, mm -hmm. because Caleb is asking him asking Ava questions, uh, and uh, Ava's responding to them, and uh, Ava starts showing Caleb a drawing that she made. Right? She doesn't know what it is, and then Caleb asks her, maybe you should draw something specific. So you can know what it is, but um, throughout this whole exchange at the beginning, I noticed that the camera angle stayed at on Ava, and never once went back to Caleb, because to me, I feel like Alex Garland was wanting you to focus on Ava and her responses, right? Mm -hmm. We're basically studying Ava and all her, all of her minute details of of all of her responses, all of her answers. Um, that's what I think. Um, and then uh. Once Ava asked this to Caleb, she asked him, do you want to be my friend? This is the first time we see Caleb, right? Throughout this whole interview or right. session. Um, and then he responds with, of course. Um, why does this happen? Why does the camera shift to, to Caleb once she asked, do you want to be my friend? I think that's like the first um, sign of their relationship kind of starting mm -hmm. you know yeah. what i mean at least yeah. to caleb he's like yeah Whoa. okay that was kind of weird why she asked me that yeah you know i'm testing her why why would she ask me that question yeah you know, and for me like does she want to start a friendship this is so weird yeah, think, this yeah is... that's why that's why the shot finally goes to caleb just to see his reaction yeah yeah and this is to me also uh this is the first time ava is kind of trying to do her mission right right Right, because every one of her responses in session one, they were very calm. They were very easy, um, easy to handle. This is the first time she's asking Caleb, "Do you want to be my friend?" Right? Yeah. Something very personal to Caleb, and so this is probably her first, uh, her first attempt into completing her mission. And so this is, and then we see Caleb's reaction to it because now we're interested in what Caleb has to say, um, how he reacts to Ava's question. And so um, then Ava, um, when he when she hears that he says, of course, she says, how would that be possible if the questions are one-sided? She wants to know more, more about Caleb. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she asks him questions. Um, one of them is where he lives, what he does, if he's single. Um, and he gives her multiple responses. And then he tells her um, he was involved in a car accident that killed both of his parents. And it landed him in the hospital for quite a while. And then uh, we see Ava showing emotions for Caleb when he tells her this. I, get, I asked you this in the last 
recording. Do you think these are fake tears, fake emotions? Um. Okay. So, like, I, when you ask me, like, when I first watched this. Yes, when you first watched this. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't. I was just like, oh wow, this robot has so many emotions. This is very cool. That was yeah. basically my first reaction. Yeah. And now seeing it multiple times. Nah, bro. She's fucking lying. <laughs> she's, she's lying. She's messing with them. She's, she's messing. Definitely messing. She's trying to get like in his head. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It starts off with, "Do you want to? Do you want to be my friend?" And what do you do with friends? You sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're my friend and something tragic happens, I'm gonna be like. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. Maybe show a little bit of emotion because you are emotional. That's your friend. Ava, I don't think wants to be friends with Caleb at all. This is just her way into completing her mission. And so uh, Ava asks Caleb if he likes Nathan. Then we get a quick... This is, again, I mentioned this in the other one. I'm going to say this multiple times, but... uh, this scene I really love, or this little sequence in this scene. Um, Ava asks Caleb, do you like Nathan? And instead of going to Nathan in the other room, we go. We get a shot of the camera. Because we know Nathan is watching and hearing everything. And so we get a quick cut of the camera, and then we get a, a quick cut to uh, Caleb responding with, yes, of course, uh, I like Nathan. And then Ava asks, is Nathan your friend? And uh, Caleb responds with, yeah, I, I hope I hope so. And then Ava responds with, a good friend, question mark. And then there's another shot of Caleb and it kind of, or another shot of the camera and it lingers on the camera because we're wanting to see what Caleb responds to this. And uh, he kind of stutters. He's like, yes, I mean, well, no, no. I mean, not a good friend. A good friend is, uh, well, we only just met each other, you know. So it takes time to be able to get to know each other, I guess. And as soon as this happens, the power cuts out. Everything turns red once more. And uh, Caleb starts to panic. He starts to look around, seeing if he could leave the room. Of course, the door is locked. And uh, we get a shot of Ava. And uh, we get a shot of the cameras turning off. So now it's just Caleb and Ava. Um, Ava whispers to Caleb that... He is wrong about his assertion of Nathan that he shouldn't be trusted. And Caleb gets really confused and the power restores. And then Ava rambles off, rambles on, and it's like nothing happened. Uh, Caleb is now left with the choice. Is he going to tell Nathan what happened during the power cut or not? And now I'm going to ask you, if you're in Caleb's situation, would you tell Nathan? Yep. (laughs) Instantly. Instantly instantly or... Would you be hesitant a little bit? Ah, uh, shit. Because it's scary on both ends. It's like yeah, this robot that just got created. Uh, scary, you know. Yes. Um, telling me this stuff about Nathan, who's mm-hmm. telling me like Nathan is not to be trusted. So, like that scares me too. But like I think at the at the end of the day, I would tell Nathan. I'd be like, "Yo, your robot is scary. You need to fix that shit." Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you too. I think uh, at the at the beginning, I wouldn't have, but now I'm scared, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm terrified of both of them, but I'm living in Nathan's place for a week. I think I'm gonna be on his side for this one, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, his big decision is uh, 
yet to be made. Um, Caleb talks with Nathan over dinner. He talks about the session. Um, but uh, we see Kyoko. She uh, accidentally spills spill some wine over Caleb. And this is where Nathan explodes. This is where he shows his true assholeness, right? Mm-hmm. He screams at her, yells at her. Um, Caleb kind of, he's like, oh, you know what? I can clean this up. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let her clean it up. Um, she has, she doesn't speak English, so she doesn't understand you that you want to help. And then sends her off. And uh, Caleb is taken aback of this. He's like, oh, my God. Like, that was really rude. That was really mean. Um, and then Nathan um, wants the input, on uh, Caleb's input on what happened with Ava. And uh, Caleb responds with, uh, she made a joke. Um, uh, she gave me this answer, this answer. And then Nathan ask him, well, what happened during the power cut? And then Caleb's like, I'm sorry, what? And Nathan asks, well, I can't hear or see what's going on during the power cut. So everything turns off. So uh, did anything weird happen? And so Nathan has, I mean, Caleb has to make a choice. Should I tell him? Should I not? And ultimately he chooses not to tell Nathan and trust Ava. So again, Ava is winning. And, and so is Nathan, because Nathan knows, Nathan knows that Ava told him something, doesn't know what it is, but he knows that Caleb is going to lie to him, right? Now, I'm going to ask you this again. If Caleb would have told Nathan, what do you think Nathan would have done? Uh, I don't know, honestly. Probably just shut the robot off. Okay, I'm not gonna have you test because <laughs> you're scared. It's probably what he would what would he have said? Like, oh, mm. I'll just turn it off. Like, you're scared. You're not fit for this test, right? Wow. Because he yeah. had someone fit for this test, so he'd probably just like spend the rest of the week with them, whatever. And the movie would have ended, you know? Yeah, true. True. It would have ended, and we wouldn't have no movie, no Academy Award winner. <laughs> nope. Yep. And so. Again, another thing that I wanted to ask you is um, Kyoko's spilling of her wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of showing that AIs can make mistakes, right? Was it a mistake? In my opinion, no. Um, no. Yeah, no. It, see, because this whole thing is just like a little maze for a Caleb just to go through, you know? All yes. these little... These little parts are supposed to happen. I think the wine spilling was supposed to happen. Yeah. So to me, I feel like Nathan programmed Kyoko to mess up here. Right. Because again, I feel like Nathan is 10 steps ahead of everyone. He is the fucking creator of Google. And I feel like he planned this. If I can show Caleb that I'm a huge asshole by implementing a mistake into Kyoko's system by her spilling this wine and I can explode and show my assholeness to Caleb, then Caleb will hate me even more. And he won't tell me about Ava because Ava might make more sense this way. You know? Chess, not checkers. I feel like that's his mentality. Right. Thinking five steps ahead of everyone. He wants he wants to make Caleb look at him like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. Yeah. Like maybe Ava was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, so Caleb doesn't tell him, and Nathan plays a party. He plays dumb. And uh, this is where uh, Caleb goes back to his room. We see Caleb, and he's watching Ava through the TV. Um, and she's laying down, kind of very sensual-esque. You know, her hands are, like, over her body. And she kind of stares at the camera, knowing that, or seemingly knowing that Caleb is watching her. And uh, at this moment, I this is the first time when I first saw this, I'm like, okay, maybe something fishy is going on. Maybe Ava is trying to play her sensuality towards Caleb. Uh, but obviously now Ava is manipulating Caleb and she's inside his head, you know? She knows he's watching. How does she know? Because she knows that he's that he's already falling for her, mm-hmm. right? Or at least beginning to fall for her. And so uh, after this, uh, the next morning, Nathan shows Caleb um, how Ava was created. Um, he talks about how he got all of the data for Ava, how he used uh, every single cell phone in the world and got all of the data. So he got unlimited resources with voice and unlimited resources for facial expressions. Um, and he said he couldn't get in trouble because all the manufacturers were already doing this. So if they were to out me, they would have to out themselves. Really fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really fucked up. Uh, I asked you this the other one. Do you think this is going on now? Yeah. Obviously it is, probably. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, using our faces, using our voices, what we like, what we dislike. Again, all scary shit. And this movie tackles it straight on. And it kind of... Uh, Again, it's it's kind of another opportunity to show that Nathan is the asshole. Nathan doesn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, I will just get data from everyone in the world. You know? Who cares about my moral compass, right? I have none. Right? Basically, he's that rich. He basically has no moral compass. Yeah. And so uh, after this, we get uh, session three with Ava. Um, Ava, is Ava attracted to Caleb in any true sense? Or is she doing this because she has a mission she needs to com- accomplish? I uh, put this question down um, at my notes during the session. Obviously, we know she has a mission to accomplish. Um, but she's very convincing. She's even still, like I watched it the other day. I know her plan, but she's very convincing in how she does it. You know? Um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you uh, again, do you think that because Nathan installed a mission into Ava, right? A goal mm-hmm. into Ava. If she completes this goal, she passes the test. But does that still make her human if she passes the, that test? I mean, because she, was, she wasn't programmed. She didn't just want to escape on her own, right? As a human would. Right. She was programmed to escape. Would she I have... Think, oh, you're asking if she, if she would pass the test, right? Or she would escape if she would escape without Nathan telling her to escape. You know what so, I'm saying? Can you repeat the question? Like, is she is? Yeah. Do you think like she would try to escape without her being programmed? Is that the question? Yeah. So the test uh, that Nathan is pulling is: I'm going to tell Ava her only means to escape is right. to use Caleb. And so, if she completes this, is she still? human you know it's just does she still have consciousness because I'm, I'm assuming that's what nathan is trying to get at with ava right no i think what he's trying to do is he's mainly testing caleb in all this 
And it's like, okay, how yeah, you're believable right. to Caleb is she? You know, like how believe how believable is she to Caleb? You're right. And I think that even though she's programmed to mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff, it's still super believable to like people on first uh, viewing Caleb. It's like, no, dude, this is basically a human. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, um, she calls out Caleb for having feelings for her when maybe Caleb didn't realize this. Um, Ava puts on a dress with long fluffy boots and a wig. She tells Caleb, I want to show you something, but I'm too embarrassed to show you. And so she makes Caleb close her eyes and she goes to her closet and she puts on a dress, a wig, uh, fluffy boots, basically covering all of the machinery that is visible to Caleb so she can see more human-like. And uh, again, there are a lot of shots of Ava seeming very nervous to show Caleb about her wardrobe change. So in a sense, we're, we know that Ava's manipulating Caleb, but she still feels nervous. So is the wardrobe change f- for herself as well? It's for both, I think. Okay. It's for both wanting to feel more human mm-hmm. and just to just get under, uh, get in Caleb's head too. Yeah. It's definitely for both. Especially like towards the scene at the end where like she's like trying on different, uh, skins and clothes he's like really has this need to want to be human yeah and to and feel and to feel it to feel human yeah yeah exactly and i guess yeah her wardrobe change is part of that trying to feel and so i think towards the end of this we get the sense that caleb is you know starting to like or fall in love with ava right mm-hmm. at least that's what i got and so the session ends and he goes back to his room and what does he do he watches ava through his TV, and Ava is taking off all of her wardrobe very slowly. Very, I think she's very manipulative in this scene. She knows he's watching, and there's a lot of close-up shots of Caleb. You know, his pulse uh, seemingly higher uh, than it was in the initial. Um, he's very, he looks very nervous. There's a close-up shots of his eyes, um, him swallowing. So obvious reason, uh, obvious that now. He has some sort of attraction to her, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now Caleb in his head realizes this. And so he wants to discuss the sexuality of Ava with Nathan. And I love this scene, right? Caleb asks Nathan why he gave Ava sexuality. Um, and then Nathan, very, uh, he gives a very cool explanation, right? Also makes sense. He then explains how any human or animal would interact with one another. Uh, or he, he poses the question, how any human or animal, how would they interact with one another without sexuality, right? And basically saying, uh, yes, Ava could fuck, because he thinks that's what Caleb really wants to know. Uh, Caleb, again, he gets very, he's like, no, 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 I didn't ask that. <laughs> of course not. And Nathan's like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, then give me your real question. And Caleb asks him, did you program her to like me? Uh Ding, 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 ding. He got it right. <laughs> he did program her. He did program her to... I don't know if he programmed her to like her, but he probed, programmed her to escape. How? By using her sexuality, her sensuality. Right. So, in a sense, yes, he did program her to like to like him. Right? Man, he, he saw this a mile away. He saw it. He saw it a mile bro. away. Like, if you're... If you're watching us for the second time, you're like, oh, my God, he figured it out. 
halfway through the movie. And Nathan, what does he do? Oh, I can't believe you would say this. This isn't your your uh, brain talking. This is your judgment. You're scared, you know, trying to chase him off the, the tail, you know. And so the and he takes him into his room, into uh, I think the room that he walked in with the phone. I think it's the same room. And there's a huge painting. And he tells Caleb about the painter and how he painted it and how he uh, he wants Caleb to conduct the test, how this painter painted this painting, how it was very, uh, he didn't think about his next move. He just painted it, right? Mm-hmm. And he, that's how that, that's kind of the game plan that he wants Caleb to take. Um, and then after this, he tells Caleb um, that Ava does have a crush on you, um, mainly because you're the first boy she's seen other than himself, and he's basically dad. Um, and that it isn't an algorithm that's supposed to fake Caleb out. Straight up lies to him, right? Straight up manipulates like him. The most, I think I, I said this last um, time. Or yeah. Like, it's the most fucked up scene. Yeah. It's like out of all the scenes, this one's the most like, bro, you straight up fucking lied to him. God damn. Early, figured, early into the movie, you straight up lied. Well, he figures him out. He figures him out. Yeah, he basically had to lie to him. He had to lie to him. But the it's I think it's the way he does it. It's very, very fucked up. The way he does it. Of course she has a crush on you. You're the first boy she's seen. Um, I'm dad, so she can't like me. Of course she has to like you. You know? Yeah. It's very like, duh. Come on, Caleb, get with it. And Caleb buys it. <laughs> Caleb buys it. And so uh, we get to session four. Hey, guys. Uh, this is the ending of part one of the Ex Machina episode. Next week, we'll upload part two of our discussion of Ex Machina. Be sure to follow us on social media at Think Movie Show or visit our webpage at anchor.fm slash thinkmovieshow to find out where you can listen to us. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Google Podcasts, and many more. So be sure to uh, visit our webpage and uh, see you next time.